You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 96. Start sucking. What you talking about, Jeff? Yeah, you heard me correctly. Start sucking. An interview with motivational comedian, Mr. Alex Weber. You're going to love this one. Let's go. a podcast that is intended to change your life. It's intended to motivate you. It's intended to inspire you. It's intended to have you stand up in your circumstances, no matter what you got going on in your life, no matter what problems you are facing, what obstacles you are going through. It's intended to have you stand up and demand change for the better. I'm your host, Jeff Martin of jeffadmartin.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You're going to love today's episode. We have an amazing guest, a motivational comedian, Mr. Alex Weber. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you for all of you who have clicked play, for all of you who have downloaded, for all of you who have subscribed, for all of you who have left a five-star rating. And if you haven't done that, please go and do that now. I just want to thank you, though, because I know that your time is extremely valuable. So the mere fact that you've taken even a moment to listen to this episode, it means that I'm extremely grateful towards you. Thank you so much for your time. And I really hope and pray that you're going to get so much value from today's episode. Start sucking. Yeah, you're thinking, Jeff, you said that already. Explain what you mean. This is what I'm talking about. If you look at someone like, say, Serena Williams, an amazing decorated tennis player, the very first time that she picked up a racket, she sucked. The very first time that LeBron James touched a basketball, he sucked. Like I'm talking about terrible. Now, of course, I don't know what age they were when they picked up that basketball and that tennis racket, but my point being is that at one point in their life, They sucked. But guess what? The second time that Serena Williams picked up that racket, she sucked, but she got a little bit better. And the 10th time and the 15th time and the 100th time that she picked up that racket, she got a little bit better. And so eventually she got to the point where she didn't suck as much. And eventually she continued to practice and practice until she's become the dominant player that she is today. She started by sucking, but now she's gotten to a point where she has dominated that tennis court like nobody's business. Today's episode, we are speaking with motivational comedian, Mr. Alex Weber, and we have a great conversation about sucking. At this point, you're thinking, Jeff, you just like saying the word sucking. Yeah, I know it's kind of fun to say, but I got to tell you, You really have to start somewhere. And we're really going to dive into this episode with my man, Alex Weber. Listen, Alex is such a decorated individual. He's a five-time TEDx speaker. He is an American Ninja Warrior. Yep, I know my kids are listening right now and they're like, Dad, you got an American Ninja Warrior on your podcast? Yep, I did, sons. I am so happy to bring Alex on this episode because he's going to bring you so much wisdom into learning to stick with the process. Everybody sucks at the beginning, 
But when you continue to stick with it, you grow your talents, you grow your skills, you grow what you've been given into something that is so amazing and dominant that you can give back into this world. You're going to learn so much from this episode. I'm asking you, do yourself a favor and grab a pencil and a pen and write down the things that Alex talks about because he's going to bring you some information that's going to help you to become your best self. But you got to start by sucking. All right. I'm not going to hold you back any longer. Let's get into this interview. Here is Mr. Alex Weber. Welcome back to Motivating from the Six. I'm with an amazing guest today, Mr. Alex Weber. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. Thank you for being here. Before we get started into who you are and your story, I just got to read out some of your accolades here. You are a Guinness Book World Records holder, and I'm sure you're going to tell us about that in a minute. You're also (laughs) a five-time TEDx speaker, which is phenomenal. And above all of that as well, listen... If for whatever reason I didn't want to have you on this podcast, my kids would have strangled me. You are an American ninja warrior. The kids absolutely love that. That's awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. And on top of that as well, I came to find out when I did some research on you, you did some work with Modern Family as well. Is that correct? Yeah. The TV show. And that TV show is huge in my household. Again, my kids are absolutely in love with you. I just got to tell you that. Oh, wow. That's awesome to hear. Thank you. Oh, man. So thank you for being on this episode. Please, Alex, take us through your story in terms of who you are and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Wow. Um, Good question. And first off, got to say hey to your kids. That's awesome. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Very cool, man. Uh, So like the streamlined background is like grew up in New York. I was an accident kid. Uh, Like, 100% an accident kid, so grew up uh, younger than my other siblings, which was kind of cool in a way because uh, now we're really close, but growing up, it was like, you know, there was times when we were close, there was times when we weren't, but it was almost like seeing people live life uh, ahead of you, which like my brother gets annoyed when I say that because I was like, hey man, I got to thank you for like the mistakes you made, like it was awesome to get to see you make those, and he's like, come on, man. Uh, so, but it was great to like, uh, you know, do all that. And, um, so my like end all be all was to play college across. I became obsessed with it. And there's like a personal kind of why of why that mattered. Um, but it was really the first thing in my life that gave me purpose and a goal and validation and encouragement. And I loved the sport. I still do. So, uh, gave everything I had. I played college across. And when I was there, kind of the track was to do finance. Um, and I was doing that path and never really kind of picked my head up to just ask like, is this what I want to do? And then I started feeling like it wasn't like I was doing an internship at uh, Morgan Stanley at the time, which is like, that's a great internship. That's a great place. And I really hated it. I hated it so much that I started like pranking people, like my friends and family, like when I was supposed to be working. And I was like, I don't know if this is, this might be like a cry for help. Like, I don't know if this is really what I should be doing. Um, And then my senior fall at Penn had kind of like a listening to my heart moment, stopped doing finance and started doing performing, moved to LA, um, was doing it. And like one of the greatest gifts to my life was at the time, 
my like side job while performing was coaching high school lacrosse. Um, but I like fell in love with it immediately and it became the only thing I cared about. And I coached high school lacrosse for six years. Uh, I ran a program, Harvard Westlake out here for three years. Um, and my first year, they'd never won a playoff game before. We won the uh, Los Angeles championship, which was like very cool, meant a lot. And uh, that being that person, like the way I was with those young adults and uh, is just what I've wanted to do professionally ever since. And I'm so thankful for American Ninja Warrior because that like was such a push into that direction. And now I feel like I'm knocking on everything, doing what I really feel uh, like I want to be doing. Amazing. Amazing. And so you just touched on it there a second ago, but going back to one of your TEDx talks, you talk about the fact that you're walking down the path, the path that everybody takes, the path everyone feels that they need to take in terms of you finish high school, you go to college, you go to university, and you just have this path. And you talk about walking down that path, but eventually finding yourself kind of stepping away from that and finding your awakening. And again, you just touched on that. Can we expand on that a little bit if we could? Yeah, and I feel like everyone has like their their version of what the path is for them. And and that might be going into a family business. Maybe it's going and uh staying in the town that you grew up in. And I want to be like clear that there's nothing wrong with any path. There's nothing wrong with any way of life as long as we just take a second to ask if it's what we want to do. And if it is, I mean, again, like everything's perspective and the fact that I, you know, you and I, and I imagine a lot of people listening to your podcast have the luxury of choice of being able to even ask that question of what do I want to, that's a fairly new question in like the history of people. Like what do I want to do with my life? Right. Yes. You know, it's an incredible, uh, it's an incredible gift to even be able to ask that. Yes, Um, it is. So since we have been given that gift, I feel like it's, let's, let's, let's ask it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so for me, that was the path there was I was doing lacrosse and, um, the thing that I think is like easy to get caught up in the current of it is that it wasn't a bad path. And I feel like for a lot of us, like the one that we might be on, even if we feel like it's not right for us, it's still a pretty good path. Like even if we don't like where we're living or we don't like the job we're going to, it's not terrible. It's just Mm -hmm. not what we really, really, really want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And what also was tough was it's what all my friends were doing. And a lot of the people that I even looked up to, it's what they were doing too. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I knew it wasn't right for me. Um, so that's really it is, is my biggest, I hope thing that I can offer someone is that just to take a second, hopefully more than once, but just to ask if it's what they want to do. And you know, if it is rock on, do it, speed, go ahead. But if it's not, um, even if it's different than people in your life, it's all right to break off and, and do what you have to do. Yeah, I, I so agree with what you're saying. You know, oftentimes we do get caught up in that path 
of what everybody else is doing. And again, society has created a, a, a circumstance where, again, we go to school, we go to high school, we graduate, we go to college, university for four years, and then we go on and we do that job for the next 30 years. And then at the end of it, we get that gold watch, that handshake, and now we're allowed to enjoy our life. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are working as CEOs, as presidents, or even at entry-level positions. And oftentimes, you know, we find that they've ended up in those spots almost automatically in the sense of like, they work hard, don't get me wrong, but some people end up in spots where they're like, how did I even get here? And am I truly happy? And you had an awakening where you're able to look at yourself and say, you know, walking down this path, is this what's really going to make me happy? Am I going to be fulfilled walking down the ordinary path that everybody else is walking down? And again, you can find that success doing that. However, are you going to find that fulfillment? If that yeah. makes sense to you. Yeah, you, you nailed it. And, you know, I, I think it's like, it is about, well, I have like two, two thoughts on it. One is like, it's about values and it's, you know, it's what we value. So if um, maybe having financial means right away or uh, security um, or like predictability in life is of importance to someone, then maybe a path might be good. And again, there's nothing that's great. If that is someone saying, all right, what do I value? I value knowing that I have job here and security here and health insurance and vacation time and like rock on, do that. But if someone thinks about what's important to them and they're like, I need to be my own boss or I need to be a part of something I believe in or I need to be like building it or what, you know, when they make that, this is what matters to me. Um, I think it's very individualized. And for me, um, I've really felt this for a long time and I'm like, I'm thankful that I felt it for a long time and I feel it even more and more and more and more as time goes on is just my, my life view is that we are creatures like we are yeah, and, and it's a floating rock. And this, this just situation is bananas and it's, it's fun. It's fun sometimes to just like once in a while imagine like if you're at a coffee shop and you just, just like look at someone for a second who's like behaving very civilized and very normal. They're like asking for almond milk and like, you know, like sniffing their coffee and it's like, Ooh, it's too hot. Or like they've got like a nice button down and a jacket. And it's just like, and I, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the exact same thing just to be clear, but just like imagine a lion in like a button down, like asking for oat milk or like, like, and just like we are creatures and it's just like, we've all, you know, become very okay with this notion of like safety and a guaranteed future. And I feel like that is what's so unique about like, not even a long time, like under 50 years of human history. Have we had this thing of like, Oh, when I get to 70, like what? Like up until very recently, like good luck out here. So like, uh, yeah, that's my, my rambling way of saying that um, my life view is just that we are creatures and we get to live here and we get to do all this. And so I want to do well at 
what we have made society to be. I want, of course, to do well and I want the nice things, and, um, but I refuse to believe that that is like the sole mission of why we're here. Man, I, I so agree with that. We were created to be bigger and better, I believe. And you're right, you know, a, a lion or a tiger or a zebra doesn't have the ability to choose what direction they're gonna go. Like if you're a zebra, you're a zebra, you're a zebra. There, there's nothing about it, nothing else about it. But when you're a human being, you can choose, do I wanna live here, do I wanna live there? Do I wanna become a doctor? Do I wanna become a lawyer? Do I wanna become someone who works at an entry level position? And again, as you talk about, whatever choice you make is fine. But I truly believe that we have to ensure that the choices we make are not out of fear. It's not because we think that we're going to fail at something. And that kind of segues into one of your TED Talks when you talk about start sucking. <laughs> because ultimately, again, we don't want to uh, not go down a certain path because we're fearful of what people are going to think about us. We're fearful if we're going to fail. We really got to keep going forward. So yes, I would love for you to talk to everybody about starting to suck. What does that mean exactly in your terms? Yeah, uh, thanks for checking them out. I appreciate that. It's uh, Start Sucking was just this, and again, such a gift for American Ninja Warrior because there was no like, there was no way I wasn't going to suck. <laughs> so, you know, like the, I'll get my background with it, but how that started was I started to build up some life beliefs that there was things that I couldn't do because I hadn't done them yet, you know, and like whatever that was. Um, and like athletics has been such a pillar of my life. And there were certain things that I just dismissed that like, Oh, well that's for like a different type of athlete. I'm like the athlete that runs in, you know, can do like a push press, but like all this other stuff is for athletes who like grew up doing gymnastics or like you can do a backflip or like I had a crazy friend, Steve, We'd always be like, where's Steve? He's like, oh, he's off climbing a tree. And it's like, oh, it's that kind of a dude. Like, that's what it's for. And what I learned from, uh, you know, American Ninja Warrior is that everything is doable. Like, everything is learnable. There, there's nothing that anyone can't do so long as we are willing to endure and hopefully embrace a period of just perpetually failing at it for a while and like uh start sucking what that was is because like you know there's a lot of talk about uh there's a lot of talk about failure but to me like sometimes failure feels like it's this like sterile word that is in a dictionary and like we see on maybe a motivational poster but it's like i don't know what does that really mean in like a visceral sense and sucking is just like, that's when it's like, there's people looking at you and it's painful emotionally or physically and you're sweating a ton and like, you just really want to be doing well and you're just really not. And uh, yeah, like nobody wants to suck. Like right. that's what like, that's what's like branded in us from like middle school. And people are like, you suck. And you're like, yes. oh, no, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I think that if we can kind of take the power away from sucking and just realize that, like, if we're just objective about it, 
like if there's anything that we want to do, like I, again, and, and, and what's been freeing about American Ninja Warrior was I sucked for so long at it. Like my job in it when I first started was to host this series where I would try the intense new obstacles, probably fail comedically in front of a lot of people. And so like, what are we doing today? Oh, I'm going to fail. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Subscribe. I'm in. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> what's today? All right. Fail again. You got it. I'm going to suck again. But like the gift was, I just kind of got over it a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, uh, the gift that it keeps giving is now we can look at different areas in our life. Like I'm doing piano lessons cause I'm like, I've always wanted to do it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, well this is what's going to happen. I'm going to suck for a while and then I'm going to suck less and I'm going to suck less. And then one day you start doing it and you're like, huh, I don't, I don't actually suck that bad. You know? Mm. So that's just been like a great gift. And I would encourage anyone like, you know, clearly if they're listening to your podcast, they have a motivation to do, to do things, which is right. like, such an amazing quality and the less time for me, the more time that I waited to do anything, I just like build it up in this pedestal. And I talk about like being in a tower castle and that talk. Um, but if we just start and start sucking at it, yeah, done and we're off and it's, it's, it's happening. Absolutely. So do me a favor. I, I don't know if you're really prepared to do this, but yeah. Take me through the first time that you were on stage. And I say that because I know that you are a comedian and you're a speaker as well. And again, five-time TEDx speaker, which is absolutely phenomenal because a lot of people out there who can't even get one. And here you are doing five, which is phenomenal. If you can, take me back to the first time that you were on stage either doing comedy or public speaking. And take me through that circumstance if you remember how much you sucked and then where you are now and where you are now and how you got to where you are now. If you can remember that. Can you take me back to that? That well, experience? I have to give, uh, I'm gonna give three, I'm gonna give three. Okay. Um, first time I ever went up was, I was like, I was such a fan of comedy that I was like kind of like in some comedy groups and like, like Facebook groups and like email lists. And this one comedian was like, looking for someone to perform at the comedy store which is a big place uh, on like a, a, you know, on like an off night. And if you bring some people, you can get some stage time. So I was just like in a moment of just like my soul being like, you need to do this. I was like, up there. And then I called up some friends and they're like, yeah, we'll come out because now it's kind of like a novelty. It's like your buddy who's like, I'm doing stand up tonight. Right. So I went up and just the sheer, I think adrenaline of it and being on uh, that kind of a stage, which like, Talk to any comedian, like, context is big. And being on, like, the comedy store stage and, like, having adrenaline and, like, confidence and a little bit of, like, this is a bucket list. I'm going to die someday. I'm just going to go for it. Energy. Like, it went fine. Like, it went okay and pretty well in that circumstance. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Then, about a week later, another buddy was like, hey, I'm having a show at this, like, college bar, like, you know, it's in this back room and I'm like, I just did the comedy store. And I was like, well, like, yeah, like, I guess I can make it. Like, I guess I could like grace you with my two time comedy presence. And I went up that time and bombed so hard. Oh man. Like, 
so hard because I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea of like what it is to be a comedian or like that it's a craft and there's skills and like, so I went up and like tried to tell this like 10 minute story that probably didn't have a punchline for like the first five minutes. And the audience was like, well, we're going to stop. And I had no way of like trying to get them back on board. So it was just 10 minutes of just picture yourself telling a story to yourself in the shower, except there's a room full of people, right. but the same reaction. There's no laughter. It's uncomfortable for everyone. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so then, but like, you know, doing uh, comedy since then and like those around the country, which is like, that's been awesome because I've done comedy shows in like the most insane settings from like rooftops to karate dojos. So I've like learned that's been such a learning skill. So now I think about a time where like I would have bombed where it was in Venice, California, which has like some really great, like, uh, I don't want to call it like hippie undercurrents, but like for lack of a better word, yeah, hippie <laughs> culture. And my friend was like, Hey, will you come do some stand up? I'm having an energy party. And I was like, done. Like, yes, you had me at energy party. Like, <laughs> this is going to be great. And I told her in advance, I'm like, I want you to know, I've done enough of these to know, like, this isn't going to go well. I just want you to know that, like, stand up is not going to go well in this setting, but you're my friend. I'm there. I'm in. And I showed up and people are like doing crystals and tarot card readings and like essential oils and like all this stuff. And I'm like, this is great. I'm about all of this, but this is not going to go well. Right. And they just finished doing like a five minute meditation and like a prayer. And then they're like, and now Alex with comedy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> the setup. Oh man. <laughs> this is not going to go well. And I remember I started telling just some like, you know, like some, uh, joking like making fun of yourself which is like that's you know joking about how I look kind of broy or like that my parents got divorced and like stuff that like it's okay to make fun of and every time I told a joke they all just went oh like in unison like didn't laugh or just like oh, man. Oh, it's okay uh, <laughs> they want to comfort you more than laugh yeah, right exactly exactly <laughs> uh so those pop out as a few uh as a few ones Okay. And so thank you very much for sharing that. And I want you to share that again, because we're talking about, as you talked about sucking, you know, starting somewhere, but ending up where you are now, when you see the journey that you're on and you continue to be on again, five time TEDx speaker is nothing to laugh at. That's, that's some, that's some real serious accomplishments right there. And I imagine at this point in time, you just speaking and inspiring people, you have reached so many hearts based on the fact that you started sucking and now you've come so far into where you are now, which is phenomenal. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, absolutely. Also in the TED Talks, you talk about three ways of sucking better. <laughs> are, are you able to share that with us, with, with the audience? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, you know, and since that, I mean, there was even more, you know, and in the sense of uh, doing the talk and like, it's interesting just to your note, like the talks are something I gave a talk at Cal state long beach last night and I'm driving home and I'm like doing kind of 
you could call it like a journal entry or a reflection or like, it's just like, how did this go? How could I do better? Mm -hmm. Um, so like, you know, sucking is a fun word, but really what it is, is it's like wherever we're at, we want to get better. And, uh, regardless of how we perceive we did, like if you could, you could leave something and be like, I killed it or I bombed, but really lose those words. And it's like, okay, what went well, what didn't, how can we progress forward? You know what I mean? So, uh, so I'm still doing it, but like the start sucking talks, I'll give a few in there and then maybe some that aren't in there. Um, but one of them that I feel like is like a really, really big gift is there's this threshold that we get to where it stops being as painful to go out and do the practice. And what I mean by that is like, whatever it is that you want to do, like, you know, like I'm doing piano right now, so I'll use that. Or I could talk about Ninja Warrior. I could talk about like lacrosse because that's been such a big part of my background. But like, let's put it into maybe even a more uh, widespread sport. Like let's say basketball. All right. And most people have a dominant right hand. So it's probably easier to go to your right hand and dribble with your right hand and shoot with your right hand. And it's a pain in the ass to go and practice on your left hand because every time we do, we probably lose the ball or if we're doing it in practice, the person steals it from us or we go to shoot and we miss a shot that we probably could have made in our right hand. So it sucks to practice. It's annoying to practice. It's painful to go and practice. However, if we fast forward a little bit, there's something that happens where we reach this threshold, this tipping point where now our weakness you know, it's a cliche of saying weakness turning into strength, but let me just put like this thing that we sucked at so badly, we're getting a little better at it. And now it's like, it's kind of a little fun to go practice at it because we're like getting a little good at it. And we all want to be good at stuff. It feels good. It's fun to be good. Yeah. So we can just like, just clock in and just be like, this is not, this might be a little tough to do this work in the beginning, but like it's a finite period. Like literally it's a finite period. It's going to end. And when it ends, I'm going to really enjoy practicing. And then it's like the sky's the limit because once we like actually enjoy doing the practice. Yes. Like I think about like, I loved, uh, I loved going out and practicing lacrosse because I was good at it and I'd put on music and like you could, on paper, I was training, but like, I just loved doing it so much. And I think about LeBron James and like, there's this documentary and in his house is this basketball court. And I'm like, that's it. Like, that's so fun because you know, he loves this sport so much. Yeah. I just him on like a Monday night being like walking by his TV and being like, I could put on Netflix, but like, I love basketball and I have a court in my freaking house. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go train, but really I just love playing the sport. So, um, all that is to say, whatever it is that we want to do just to like clock in, put in that work to build it because then we get to that point. It's, it's, there's no stopping. Mm. I love that. I love that. And that makes so much sense. Yeah, we have to fall in love with the process as they talk about, because ultimately, we don't know what the end goal is going to be. We all envision something in our head and what it's going to look like, but we may never get to 
the specific goal that we're looking at. It may be bigger, it may be a little smaller, but we're still always aiming to get something. But it really is the process we have to fall in love with. And it, like you said, if we really start to love that uh, and turn the, the sucking into something positive, you know, every single day you bounce that ball, you get better and better at it. One day you're going to be that expert. And again, that dream that you have, that goal that you have is now reachable because one day it's, you, you started when you weren't very good, but you've built on that to become the person who you are today. You nailed it. Like you nailed it. And, and you said two things, which I loved. And one of them is you said, fall in love with it, which is like, that's it. That's so true. Because one of the other things I mentioned in it is like, all right, now that we know that there's this finite period where I have to like endure sucking. Can we flip it and rather than like grit our teeth, endure it, get through it, can we try to embrace it and try to try to enjoy that this period is going to end and to almost savor these moments of like getting better at something and as adults, there's a lot of things that we just do that we're good at or that we're not really challenged by. So can we just like flip it and be like, all right, well, tonight I'm going to cardio bar class or spinning or I'm doing this, whatever, I'm learning to paint or whatever, I don't know, you know, cooking, whatever it is in your life. Or like, real talk, I'm learning how to communicate better with the person I love. Like, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. you know, you, or, 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 you know, um, can we flip the mentality so rather than grit our teeth and endure it, kind of embracing this process, loving the process like what you said? Absolutely, absolutely. And truly sticking with it. I do believe at one point in time when we look at celebrities, for example, just because everyone knows them so they're easy to pick on. But if you look at someone like Beyonce, at one point in time, Beyonce yes. probably sucked. No, I don't know if she really sucked, but you get yeah. what I'm saying. Like she started at a point where you know, maybe the world would have been like, I don't know if you really got it, right? But she worked on it every single day. Kevin Hart, at one point, he sucked. You know, Keanu Reeves, any actor, singer, you know, any celebrity you want to look at, at one point, they so-called, called, quote, unquote, sucked. But they worked at it. They loved the process enough, and they had this dream they're trying to get to, and they blossomed into the person who they are today. So they kept working at it, even though at one point, it was difficult. They didn't sound very good. They didn't look very good. They didn't bounce that ball very good. But yeah. now they're who they are today because they worked at it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and one other you know thing I mentioned that is like for a lot of people, um, what we end up doing at adults or we're good at as adults is something that we like endured or got through that sucking period as a kid. Uh, what's super tough is if we pick up our heads and let's say we're 18 years old or we're 30 years old or 40 years old or 60 years old, really at any age. And we're like, Oh, I really want to do this thing. I really want to do this thing. But like, now I got to suck at it as an adult. Yeah. Like, that's something yeah. I talk about in the talk too. Like it's tough to suck as adults. Cause we're supposed to like have it together. You know what I mean? Yes. You yeah. really put yourself out there and just like fall on your face is really difficult. And I acknowledge that because I felt it. Um, but the challenge is to not let that be like what stops us. Cause I feel like sometimes like the pain of sucking is what keeps mm -hmm. us away from doing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes so much sense. I love that. 
And I would love to switch it up just a little bit. One of the things you speak about in your talks, you talk about taking your tragedy and turning it, turning it into a victory. And you give some really cool examples that I didn't even put together. You talk about the New Orleans Saints and the year that they won was the year of, of Hurricane Katrina. You also give the example of uh, Hurricane Harvey in Houston, and that was the same year that Houston Astros won. Uh, you gave another example as well of, of the uh, shooting that took place in Vegas, and then the Vegas uh, NHL team did so well again. Like You gave some really cool examples, and I sat back and I'm like, that makes so much sense how that city went through such a tragedy, and here their team was, was able to pick them up. Can you talk? a little bit about that in terms of turning your tragedy into a victory? Yeah, and again, thanks for checking it all out, man. I appreciate it. It's, uh, you it's know, good stuff. You say it again? It's good stuff. It's good oh, stuff. Man, thank you. It's, uh, I mean, I, I love sports. Like, I, I love sports. And yeah, it was, like, I've been talking to a friend about of like, wow, this is like such a crazy occurrence. And we had been talking about like the New Orleans Saints, and then the Houston Astros. And then when it happened in Vegas, and like almost from the jump, like the Vegas hockey team started doing just so well as like a first year. And I was like, okay, that's like the third one. I'm like, so then I just started like doing some digging around. And it's, it's really something. Like the New York sports teams after 9-11, the Boston sports teams after the Boston Marathon bombing, after the tsunami that was devastating in Japan, the Japanese women's soccer team won the World Cup before the last World Cup. They never got out of qualifying this year. A fourth wow. seed, they won it. Um, so it, it's just like this incredible thing. And when I would start to just like casually bring it up to people in conversation, it was getting dismissed as like, oh, well, they all just rallied around the tragedy. And what, what, what I find astonishing is like, okay, but like, that's like just being like, oh, well, he just climbed Everest. Like, yeah, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, that's crazy. And when, what baffles, what, what I find most amazing about it is it's not like they were, uh, that would be, that would also be amazing if someone was like, uh, you know, they ran a marathon. Okay, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But what I find incredible is that all of these groups that I mentioned are playing a competitive sport against other people and teams who are not letting them win. Like, yeah. these people and these teams are playing for their city and their jobs and their fan base. And it's like there's statisticians and coaches and trainers, like everything is held accountable to winning. And like, and then over here, this group of people just decides like we need to win and then they do. And I feel like that is, that's amazing. Um, and so kind of looking at all the different examples, there was two things that really uh, came out as really impactful reasons of why people succeed in these moments and one is when there's other people uh looking to us that need us to do our best we freaking do it yeah it's really incredible you know and i talk about it in the talk of whether that's our kids or our teammates or our company or our family uh you know and i felt it when i was coaching 
there was qualities or parts of me that I didn't even fully know were there. Mm -hmm. But then when the 30 players I was coaching needed those qualities to be there, they were there. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I would just say like the more that we can be a part of something where we really are a piece of it and other mm -hmm. people need us, it's going to bring out really great qualities of ourselves. Yeah. You know, as you're speaking, it reminds me of when you hear those stories of, you know, the, the baby that gets trapped into the car and the mother finds this crazy yeah. strength and lifts the car off the baby. It kind of reminds me of that where you show up when you have to show up, when it's expected of you to show up, you are there, you do the things that seem to be so inhuman, but you are able to you know, pull this thing out of you that you didn't know existed before. That's what it sounds like to me. So good. That's exactly right. It'd be interesting that no one should ever do this experiment, but if the woman had her own leg, if she could do it, but then, you know, I think about that movie, 127 hours, right? With James Franco, right? Like saws off his own arm or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But he was thinking about like the people in his life and like getting back to them. So yeah, right. just an interesting thought. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Alex, it's a pleasure speaking to you, man. Please share with everybody, where can they find you? What are you up to? What do you got coming up? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I, this is such a pleasure being here, and it's great to talk to someone who, like, just gets it and is doing such awesome work in the world. So, so thank, thank you for you. having Likewise. me. Yeah. Likewise. Likewise. And uh, you can check me out. I'm uh, at I'm Alex Weber, 1B and Weber, uh, on all the things, and I post a lot of content like this and talking and um yeah that's that's uh that'd be an awesome place oh terrific terrific i got two things to ask you before we close out my first question is my oprah question <laughs> <laughs> and my question to you is what do you know for sure what is it that you know for sure oh so good <laughs> um I got to go back to, I don't know what happens with soul and afterlife. I don't know the answer. I don't think anyone knows the answer. I think that's all, that's what we believe. It's a belief. Uh, what I know is that these bodies with us in it, we got an unknown time here. That's what, the only thing I freaking know. So why not do whatever fires you up and gets you going? Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's I love that. That's simple. Simple and accurate. Perfect, perfect. My last question to you is this. As, as a speaker, I'm glad you're a speaker because you get a chance to, to speak to the people now. Okay. You have somebody who's listening who has been struggling. They feel like they've been sucking for the longest while and they're really trying to work at whatever craft it is, the thing that they're trying to go after, and it just seems like it's not working. I'm going to ask you in the next minute to speak to that person directly and to help them along their journey to understand what they need to do to get to where they're trying to get to. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for asking that. Um, so part of the reason I love American Ninja Warrior is it puts like my money where my mouth is and like, all right, so I'm talking, I'm telling people to do all this stuff, embrace your fears, suck all this. I promise I'm doing it. Like, so I go and I train with this group about twice a week and they do all these crazy athletic things. And one of the things I've never been able to do is I've wanted to do a handstand. And I like, there's, there's stages of it. 
just like anything else, everything else is learnable. But I've realized that like, ironically in this crazy way, I've gotten comfortable at this one stage of sucking. Like, I, I've, uh, you know, without going too in the weeds, like I, I could, first couldn't get, I was freak out every time my legs went above my head. But now I'm fine with that. But every time I leave the wall, I topple over and I'm just like, oh, that's kind of where I'm at and I plateaued there. And there is an interesting thing where we can get comfortable in a certain state of sucking. So what I would say to the person is take a breath and go like super, 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 super micro and be like, what am I learning? And did I get like the tiniest bit? Like there is no degree that's too tiny, but like, did I get like the tiniest bit better today? And then next time you come back, did I get like the tiniest micro one hundredth of an inch better today? And that's gonna compound, it really will. But if we hit a plateau, if we hit a wall, keep at it but keep like learning and if and if we're not going forward ask why and see if we can just get that micro little bit forward i don't know if that was a minute but that's my <laughs> i love it i love it that's some great advice right there awesome awesome all right good people i will see you at the top of the next episode thank you so much alex i really appreciate this absolutely thank you